Good morning. My name is Maureen Brown, and it is uh, an honor and a privilege to come this morning to bring the message. And coming up following a song like that, where we've just sang praise and talked about His holiness, it seems like a really sacred time to to um, be here. And so I'm thankful for that. Um, I serve in children's ministries, and it's a really busy time in children's ministries at Forest Grove at the Attridge site. We just had preschool grads this past week, three days of preschool grads. We've got some amazing teachers right here from our congregation. Um, Lisa Enns and Laura Laskowski and Jeanette Willems have taught throughout this year. We've had some other teachers too from other churches, but those have been key and it's been a great week celebrating. And next week, as Pastor Bruce mentioned, we go into our preschool fun camp. So you can be praying for things. It's a busy time. It's a great time. It's an exciting time. So that's the season we're in children's ministries. We're also in a season of construction now um, in our roads, (laughs) right? How many of you took a different path on the way to church this morning? Every hand should be up because you all took a different, well, maybe not. Maybe some of you live right across the street. So yeah, that has been a challenge this last little while. I'm so thankful that that roads are being repaired. But you know what? Every day on my way to work, I've had a, a choice. I've had a choice in the road that I've taken and I've had a choice in the attitude. Because sometimes, yeah, exactly. Sometimes if I had to have to go down to Preston Crossing and I'm coming back, I forget about what's going on in Attridge. And I think, okay, my choice now is choose to listen to that podcast that I've really been wanting to listen to or choose an attitude that's getting frustrated. So, and I've watched the vehicles around me and everyone else has choices to make too. And some make different choices than others. So it's a, it's a interesting trip, but thank you for being here. And so because you had to do a little bit of extra work to get here, I'm just trusting God has something for us this morning. And I've been praying, and I believe that he does have a word for us. We are in a series in Romans, so I invite you to take your Bibles out and to open up to chapter 11 or your app and open up in chapter 11. We're going to go right into the scripture that we are dealing with today and talking about today. It's at the end of Romans, just four small verses. I am so excited and pumped about these four small verses because they say so much. So let's read them together. Romans 11, 33 to 36. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. You pray with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that it's alive and that you speak to us through it and that you, through the power and presence of your Holy Spirit, want to impress things upon our hearts. So Lord, I just ask for that this morning, that Lord, we would hear from you this morning. Lord, I just ask that the things that are from you would be the things that stick and stay and the things that are of me would be the things that fall away. So Lord, we come to you this morning hungry for your presence and for your voice and to hear from you. And I ask these things in your name, Lord. Amen. So this is what is known as a doxology at the end of chapter 11. And if we go to the two Greek words that doxology is made up of, we say it's, it's got doxa at the beginning. And doxa means glory, splendor, or grandeur. And logos, which means word, speaking. So if a, a doxology is a response to a revelation from God, it can be a hymn, it can be a word, it can be a prayer, it can be just a spoken um, 
presentation, and it's a response. So because it's a response to the revelation of God, I just want to take a little bit of time this morning and look at what we've heard in Romans up to this point. Because it's been rich teaching, and we've been led right up to this end of chapter 11, right from Romans 1, and we've, we've heard and been taught a lot of things. I absolutely love the book of Romans. And the reason I love the book of Romans is because it's, it's the complete gospel. It's the systematic outlining of God's plan in one book. And so if we sit down and read it, we get the whole story of God, and that's why it's called the gospel in one book. And so because it's that, I want us to focus on the verse from Romans 1, 16, 17, just as we start with the gospel verse. And it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Paul says, For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. So we had chapters 1 to 8, the theology and the story behind salvation. And it was powerful and it was great. And then at the end of chapter 8, it's, it's the verse that says nothing can separate us. From God, So we have, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now when I read that, because I know nothing can separate us, and in Romans 8 we have the beautiful promise and truth that the Gentiles can now be grafted into the plan. It's open to them too, not, not just the Jews, it's open to the Gentiles. I kind of would like to jump right to chapter 12, because we know this now, now show us how to live. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. But that's for next week. Because in the middle there, he has chapters 9 to 11. And so we think, you know, because the Romans were coming alive and the Gentiles were coming alive in Christ. They had questions. Questions were like, what about Israel? What about the Jewish people? And so we've talked about that the last couple of weeks. In Romans 9, Paul addresses the questions. You know what? Some of their questions were difficult. Because then I say, okay, that's the answer. Well, that's not really an answer. It's just a truth. Because they, they had difficult questions. And the, the, the tension that Pastor Bruce talked about was that on one hand, God is sovereign. And so if you look up sovereign in the dictionary, it would say great, supreme in power and authority, absolute control. And then on the other side, it's, we've got this free will and this choice. And how do those two come together? And so those were the questions that, that Paul was answering for the Romans. And so Bruce brought together four statements that have been really helpful for me as I listened through that Romans nine message. And these were the statements that Bruce um, suggested and said. It said, Israel still has a place in God's plan and promise. Absolute truth. God's gift of grace is expanded to all who believe. Others are now grafted in. Because I'm not a Jew, that means me. God's grace and judgment don't always seem fair. We may not make sense of them. But God is sovereign and we have free will. When I come to things like that, those are the things that I, talk, I think about. Okay, those, are, those are mysteries. Those are truths, but they're things that I can't explain. 
I can't explain with my human mind. And Paul used the word mystery 21 times in his letters because there were things that were just going to be, you can't rationalize them out. You can't explain them that way. And, and you, we might not understand now. We might not understand until eternity. And you know what? Maybe it won't even make sense and we won't even need to know in eternity. Sometimes when we say, I've got a lot of questions for God, I kind of wonder once we get there, maybe those questions won't matter so much. So have you ever done something? I want to, like, because I work with children, and because I had children, and so maybe you work with children or around children, have you ever done something for a child that was absolutely the right thing, but a hard thing? I would say we'd all said, yeah, I've done things for, my, for kids that are, it's absolutely the right thing, but it was a really hard thing. It was hard for me, it was hard for them. And then have you ever had that child talk back to you and say, you're not my boss? Okay, some of you had that happen, yeah. You're not the boss of me, I don't have to do what you say, and you know then there's a reality, yes you do, I really am the boss right now. But just that and how that kind of feels, because it's the right thing, but it kind of like, it kind of hurts when they say that. Well, you know what? That's us with God too. And he says in... Romans 9.20, he says this, But who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, Why did you make me? You know what? We have this, just like kids, sometimes we want to talk back to God. And so I have this box here this morning. This is a box that's just, it's helpful for me, and maybe this is helpful for you. This is my question box. This is my box that I think, you know, Lord, these are things I don't get. I don't understand. And I think in Romans, we have quite a bit of that. These are the questions. These are the things that I don't get. It's like a mystery. I have a brother. He's four years older than me. Two brothers and a sister. But the one that's four years older than me, he is just this amazing guy. Unbelievable guy. And he started following Jesus when he went to university. And he's so smart. He's so smart. So we went through four years of university, and he got a, a biology degree. And he wanted to move through the challenge, and he had eventually had the dream and the desire to be a professor. So he finished that degree, and as he was doing other degrees, he started having troubles with his health. And even when he'd be walking across campus, sometimes he'd fall. He'd end up on the... And say, I don't, I don't understand what's, what's happening. My body's not responding like I want my body to respond. And one day when he was in front of a, a lecture theater giving a lecture... His blood vessels kind of constricted so much he couldn't see. So he stood there and he couldn't see and he had to say, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I have to stop. And he walked off. And do you know what? Actually, that was the end of his university um, career and his, uh, because he was diagnosed with MS. And MS, though he has done really, really well with it, it where there was just some limitations to some things he can do. Then at one time, as he was going through this, um, he also had this, this scare with cancer. He had a tumor. And I remember the day that I was crying out to God for my brother. All these years that he'd had these struggles, and then he had this cancer tumor scare. And I was, it was in my kitchen in Foam Lake. I had little kids. We lived in the country. I can see it right now. I'm standing. My fridge is there. The window's there. And the counter's here. And I am crying. And I am asking questions. And you know what? I'm a little bit I'm frustrated. 
I'm kind of like that angry, like, God, why? Why? You know he loves you. He's following you. Why is this happening to him? Now, this is what happened at that moment for me. And, you know, you can, it wasn't an audible voice, but it was just an impression from God. And this is what he said. It mean your brain is so puny. Ooh. Puny. And you know what? That word has stuck with me for years because it was puny. Not small or delicate. It was puny. And then he said, don't you know... And it was just, just truth revealed to me. Don't you know that I love him way more than you do? Oh. Yeah. So this peace came upon me and I thought, oh, his ways are not my ways. I don't get it. But you know what? For my brother, that was a question. That's a question for me. I don't understand what happened there and why that had to happen. I still don't understand. I don't see it. Romans forces us to step back And look at the big God story. The big story. And so those little things we might not understand, but there's a big story. So at the beginning of this verse in Romans 11, he says, Oh, the depths of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. And you know, I think there's a reason that it starts with, Oh. Right? Because it's something so big, it's just like, i got to say, Oh. So I don't know if it was like that. Or sometimes when I deal with kids and they've got something they really need to tell you, it's like, a, oh, 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 you know, their body's wiggling, everything. You can see it. You can picture it. It's something so big that I want to say that I can't hold it in. So it starts with that, oh, it's an exclamation, a reaction, a response. And this, oh, so something is deep. It's out of sight. But something is there. Something is deep. Something is there. What is it? It's riches, wisdom, and knowledge. So the riches. Let's go there. The riches. First, God owns all that exists. Psalm 24.1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all who live in it. Absolutely everything. Second, God made it all. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And you know what? He made it out of nothing. He made it out of nothing. Only God can do that. God's wisdom and knowledge are beyond measurement for us. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I have a child. We have just incredibly bright children in children's ministry. And I had a child a couple of months ago that uh, put his hand up with a, oh, I got a, he wanted to tell me something. And his question was, if God's in control, so he didn't use the word sovereign, he used the word, if God's in control and he can do absolutely anything, why doesn't he... Why doesn't he just make everybody follow him? Why doesn't he make everybody follow him? And then why did bad, bad things wouldn't happen? Because everybody would be just doing good and we'd all be good to each other if he's in control. Isn't that a great question? It's a great question. And you know what? So he said, why do bad things happen if God's in control? Now I said there because I, I went to the other side of that, to the free will. I said, you know what? God wants us to choose to love him. If he didn't, we'd all be robots. And you know, because he was a grade three boy, that robot thing answered it for him. God, yay, thank you, God. That was good for him. He didn't want to be a robot. He wanted to have free will and choice. So that's a question I have too. Why do bad things happen? Think of horrible things. Why do they happen? It's a question I have. Verses 33 and 34, we have three questions. And they are um, responses to God's Riches, wisdom, and knowledge. It's called a chiasm or a chiastic structure. We have it lots through the Bible. Does it in reverse order? 
So it's made for emphasis, so we really get it. So here's what the three questions are. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Knowledge. Who has been his counselor? There's wisdom. Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? There's the riches. Reverse around, reverse order. So obviously they're rhetorical questions, and obviously the answer is no one. But we need to get it. We need to get it. So we have these questions. I have two other questions. I have a niece. When she was four years old, my sister was looking at her and she was looking at her and she said, for some reason, I just feel like she's not looking in my eyes. I can't see her clearly. So she went to the eye doctor. The eye doctor said, you know what? Could, could, you, could you be available over the next two days to, to go to Vancouver Children's Hospital? My sister said, yeah. She thought, things don't happen that quick to go to Vancouver Children's Hospital. Within a day and a half, they had an appointment. And so what, because... Uh, Vancouver Children's Hospital, I'm Googling and I'm Googling and finding what could it be, what could it be, she's, what could it be? she's four years old. And I thought, oh, the worst possible thing it could be was retinoblastoma, cancer of the eyes. Lord, help it not to be that. What is it? It's that. It's that, so she had retinoblastoma in one eye, did seven months of chemo, and it didn't work, and we had to, she lost that eye. Went for, through a time that thought she would just have one eye, it came back in the second eye. Seven more months of chemo. And then the doctor says to my sister, I'm, uh, I'm so sorry, we, we, can't, we can't get it. We can't get it, and because the optic nerve is so close to the brain, we have to remove that second eye. So the doctor said, can you gather some people on a weekend, and can you do everything that you want to do with her on this weekend? Show her the things you want her to see, because Monday, she's not going to see anymore. So I flew out to Vancouver, and we went to the Vancouver Aquarium. We did all these things, all these things. Do you know what she really wanted to do? Was just be with us. She said, oh, yeah, great, a turtle, but she just really wanted to be with us. She asked me things like this. Auntie, how will I know the color of my Barbie's hair? I said, you know what, honey? We'll tell you the color of your Barbie's hair. It'll still be your Barbie. She said, Mom, if I go to heaven... Will Jesus bend over to talk to me, or will he pick me up to talk to me? And I'm going like, no, you're not going to. Like, and then my sister, she's so wise, she says, honey, what, what do you want him to do? She said, I think I want him to pick me up if I go there. She said, then I think he'll pick you up to talk to you. So tomorrow, my niece Rihanna turns 21. Now, has it been an easy life being blind all those years? Monday, we send her through some doors. My sister knew she'll never see me again. It hasn't been easy. But has God been with her and done great things in her life? Absolutely. But I have that question. I have that question. I don't completely know. Why did my niece have to lose her sight? I have another question. Lots of you are connected to Caitlin Craig, who died a, a few weeks back. Cancer. You know, we look at that and we say, okay, I don't get it. That's a question I have. These are big questions we have for God now, but here's what's important. Here's the answer that we need to remember. And and what's really exciting, because in Colossians 2 and 3, it says this. That they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So Paul says, do you know what? In Christ are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And we need to put our questions deep into Christ because that is the only way they make sense. We don't understand them, but he does, so I trust him. Not the other way around. If we start putting 
our, a little Jesus in our questions, then it all becomes about us, and we start explaining, and we start rationalizing. But if we put it in him, then that's the beginning of us having his heart and his wisdom. Because it says that Jesus has them, so this is how I can deal with them. They're still there. The questions are still there. They just, in the big scheme, in the big picture, God's got them. We can supernaturally have peace through times not humanly possible. In the Greek language, there's two words for the word time. One is chronos and one is kairos. Chronos is like chronological time, time that goes minute by minute, hour by hour. But kairos is a divine encounter or a moment in time when God reveals something to you. It's like a kairos moment. So we come to this truth. When we get to this doxology, there's lots of questions. But God wants to reveal to us, maybe not the answers, but the ability to go through that. So in a Kairos moment, we're given clarity, maybe, about a situation. Wisdom, maybe, in a decision. Knowledge and peace. My Kairos moment back in my kitchen in Foam Lake was Maureen, your brain's so puny. But it was real. It meant something. It gave me peace about that situation because God was bigger. I wouldn't understand it. So we come to this truth and the realization that we may not understand, but God is God and we are we. And that reality in itself should, and if we actually want to make it and survive, it must lead us to worship. It must. And then worship will lead us to trust. The Holy Spirit and God's word can impact our lives on a daily basis as we experience Kairos moments through the power of the Holy Spirit because we're worshiping our Lord. At the end it says, From him, for from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. The root word in Greek for glory in the Old Testament is kabod, which means to be heavy or weighty. God's glory is so great and rich compared to anything else that it should be heavy to us. Not burdening heavy, but we should feel it. That's why sometimes when we're worshiping, we just want to drop to our knees because we are just feeling the presence of the Lord and his glory so strong. It should be, it should be heavy. We should feel it. His majesty should press us down with awe and worship. So we're going, oh, Considering that idea of glory and the fact that God's ways are not our ways, we have to ask ourselves these two things. If our questions are bigger than our God, we will struggle. And it will become all about me, me, me. And we'll start to we'll say, you know my opinion on that? Do you know why? I, it'll be all about us if our questions are bigger than our God. But... If our questions lead us to worship God because he's bigger, and even though we don't understand, we worship him, we will feel the glory of God, and we will bring God glory. I can imagine this morning that as I shared some of my personal questions, there's questions all across this room. You're going through situations, struggles, and things, and you have big questions. And so today, and as I was preparing, I think God was wanting us to be challenged today to say, would you trust him with that question? Would you be willing to say, I don't need the answers, I don't need the explanation right now. 
I just want to worship you, Lord. I want that Kairos moment, that divine encounter with you. That can only be when we give it all to him. When he becomes bigger than our questions, bigger than our fears, we fall on our knees and say glory to God. Because as we think about this word glory, I ask myself, Lord, am I glorifying you? When I was in my kitchen and I was talking about my brother, I don't think that was really glorifying. But I'm so thankful that the Lord loved me through that and said, you know what? I want you to know something. I love him more than you love him. And so for those questions that you might have this morning, if it's a person, you need to know that this morning. He actually loves them more than you love them. He cares about them more than you care about them. So when he becomes bigger, we can fall on our knees and say, to God be the glory. Because of the great things he has done, and then we're thankful for that. Because of the great things he is doing, and let's worship him, even if we don't understand. And because of the great things he will do, and that will lead us to trust. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this morning. And Lord, I'm just sensing that there are questions in this room. And there are questions that we've actually allowed to become bigger than you. And so we've made them the focus. And Lord, I just pray this morning that you would be speaking to our hearts through the power of your Holy Spirit. And you would help us to actually give them to you. To give them to you, Lord, and say, Christ is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. Lord, we don't understand them, but we trust you. And we don't see the big picture, but we know you do. So Lord, we love you. We worship you, and we want to be glorifying to you. We want to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. Thank you, Lord. pray these things in your name. Amen.